listening to Your Bright Future with Mrs. J and Mr. LD, a Loveridge counseling podcast connecting home and school and helping to create a bright future for your students. Hello and welcome to Your Bright Future with the Loveridge counselors. I'm Mr. LD. And I'm Mrs. J. Welcome. All right. So this podcast, we're going to be talking about our upcoming lessons that we're doing with our excellent sixth and seventh grade students. Um, we always like to do this to kind of keep you in the know of what we're talking about in our, our classroom level guidance lessons, we call them. Um, this month's kind of a fun one because we're, we're trying to be responsive to some things that we're seeing here with our mm-hmm. students, especially with the lesson I'm doing with the sixth and seventh graders. And, and, and what that is, what we've kind of noticed is the power of words, right? For good and for bad, we're kind of seeing that spill over. And in a somewhat negative way with some of our students, to, to be clear, this is in no way hampering, ham- hurting most of our students, but it is it is something that's kind of building up with some of them. And and what I'm talking about with that is is just, I and, and Tanya, feel free to jump in wherever, but I, I notice it with students toward themselves, you know, kind of beating themselves up in their minds and with, with negativity you know, calling themselves stupid or worthless or, you know, any anything along those lines where they kind of are harsh on themselves, but also how they engage with their peers. And that could be on social media or messaging or, or in person. And it, it can just kind of build up and spill over to, to bigger problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think with a lot of the things we do in our counseling office and in the school, actually, is we take kind of a an RTI approach, which to explain to parents, that is uh, kind of a, it's almost a medical model where, you know, when you, if you want to prevent a disease in the community, you would give like COVID, for example, you give everyone the inoculation, right? And then you Mm -hmm. see who rises, like who, who has, uh, who has a little bit more serious issues. And then you would treat them maybe by taking them to the hospital or going to the ER, right? And then the very top of that pyramid you would take and you would do like a surgery or something mm-hmm. to make someone well, right? And so we do the same kind of thing in the school where we try to teach as a preventative uh, measure, try to teach kids across the board, you know, this this is the power of words mm-hmm. and just kind of teach them uh, almost as if they had not heard this before, right? <laughs> or that this is their first time hearing anything like this, just so that we can say, okay, now now everyone's had this lesson, and so if we continue to have kids who struggle with their words and use their words to hurt people or who use words that are very inappropriate, then we can take that to the next level, right? Yeah. And then we can bring them into a group and we can talk to them on more of a one-on-one basis, right? And then, of course, some kids will rise to the very top and they'll continue mm-hmm. to use their words and be, <laughs> and this you know can be applied to any behavior, but they'll continue to rise to the top. And then that's when we start to do more of the one-on-one or we could bring a parent in or we, you know, take a little bit more extensive measures to try to help that student understand the proper and correct way to behave. So. Yeah. And it is such a problem. Just, just words. I mean, you've probably heard this from some of your students, kids, Getting into sixth, seventh, eighth grade, start exploring a lot of different ways of in, interacting with the world, mm-hmm. and and a lot of that comes in with the words they use. And and again, we don't condone or support any of the negativity that comes with that, but some of that is somewhat nat- natural and expected at this level. And, it, and again, right. exactly what you're saying, we just want to kind of broadly teach them. You know the the power of those negative and 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 pow- powerful positive words. 
So in my lesson, I kind of go in there and I start just kind of with a silly example of, of cavemen talking to each other, you know, before they kind of had the, the power of language and words. And, and we talk about what sets humans apart from other animals and other mammals. And, and one of the big things is language, mm-hmm. our power of language and ability to communicate. And why is that so important? Why is that such a useful thing? And I talk about I have students kind of share their examples, you know, interacting with younger siblings or babies or nephews mm-hmm. or nieces or babies that don't quite speak yet. And we, we talk about that and how that is and it's cute and funny. You know, everybody loves sharing baby stories. And, <laughs> and, and I share a little video of my babies just kind of interacting and talking and, and how difficult it can be if we don't have the power of, you know, the, the ability to use words. And then I kind of go into do words matter? And, and talk about, you know, just silly words like broccoli or, you know, a video game, you know, pop, whatever video game is most popular. And how we all kind of have different reactions to different words. You know, like broccoli, some kids are like, mm, I love broccoli. But many will be like, ew, disgusting. <laughs> yeah. um, but, but words can have different meanings for different people. And then I kind of talk about, we talk a little bit about bullying. And I actually, and it's kind of a fun and, and, and attention-grabbing activity, but I have students help me make a list of negative, powerful words that aren't swear words. You know, we're, we're not writing, you know, words that get bleeped in TV or movies. Um, but we make a list of powerful, negative words on the whiteboard. And, and in my past when I've done this, you know, there's words like stupid, idiot, fat, ugly, um, you know, all, mm-hmm. all sorts, of, and, and it depends on the period, you know, the, how creative or outside right, the box right. they get. But we kind of break some of those down and, and talk about the negativity. And I, and I help students realize and just notice the vibe in the room as mm-hmm. we do that. And it gets heavy and kind of kind of negative. You could actually feel it. And we talk about why that is. And then I kind of switch gears and we talk about positive, powerful words. And I start with one of my favorite words that I've talked about in the past is compassion. And, and compassion, if you break it down, it means with, you know, calm is with and passion is hurt or suffer. But when you have compassion for others, you, you connect with them. You see that. And so you, if you're calling yourself or someone else an idiot or stupid or ugly or worthless, if you're having that compassion, you fill, that with, fill it with them and you think twice before doing that. And then we make a list of positive, powerful words. And I, and I purposely get up and erase all the negativity and, and we build up, you know, love. And again, they, they're, they're the ones providing these love, beautiful, dream, you know, like, friend, freedom. And, and we kind of see the difference there. And often, just in my observation, it, it's kind of interesting, but the students more readily can come up with the negative powerful words. Oh, that's interesting. And, and, and it's kind of fun to dig in and I, and I point that out if that happens in that period, which is often the case. Why do we think that is? Why is yeah. it easier to come up with the negative powerful words? But again, just what we feed ourselves in our mind. Um, and it, yeah, so it's a fun little lesson. And, no, and I'm it so gets, glad uh, It gets into some it. good conversations going. I'm going to do this with the sixth and seventh graders um, because it is kind of a school. Yeah. And, and, and I wouldn't even say school-wide, just uh, adolescent issue, right? You know, right. The, this is something that this age group kind of struggles with. And especially nowadays with, with the internet and Netflix and everything else, there's not as much 
you know, gatekeeping with words and TV shows and on YouTube videos and things. So it's, I think it's important to have these explicit conversations in your homes as well. But, but that's what I was going to say. It's so great if you're listening to this podcast and you know that we're teaching this because you can so easily follow up within so many ways at home, you know, talking about the positive self talk and, and talking and listening to your kids and how they react to their mistakes that they might make. Or if they say, Oh, I'm so dumb. I can't, you know, and, and that kind of reflects a little bit about what's going on in their mind. And, and it's a good opportunity to say, Oh, that, you know, let's be kinder, be kinder to yourself and, and then be kinder to others. If you witness them do bringing some of that negative stuff into, into their interactions with siblings or with other people. And, and it just makes it so much more powerful when they're hearing the same thing at, school that they're hearing at home and vice versa. I mean, that's one of the main reasons we're doing this podcast is because we really want to be on the same page with you guys as parents and make sure that we're being consistent in the messages that we're sharing. So I love that they're getting it. And and just for your information, both sixth and seventh grade will get this one in February. We didn't really have any counselor lessons scheduled uh, for this month. And so we thought this we'd take advantage of this uh, opportunity to to meet a need that we have at our school. So I love it. I love yeah, that we're doing yeah, I'm that. excited. I've, I've, I did it for years at my, the sixth, seventh, eighth grade school I worked up at North, but it's been a few years because yeah. I've been at the high school and it, it wasn't as much a need there, but I'm, I'm excited It'll be to fun get in for you to yeah, pull yeah, it in. And it I'm is. excited to, to hear it too. So. And you are doing a lesson with our seventh graders. Yeah. About- so as part of the college and career awareness class, um, I'm getting pulled in to teach about college, uh, college financial literacy. Mm -hmm. So we're going to talk about all the different ways that um, kids can find to pay for college and what are some of the pitfalls of student loans and, and, you know, some of the misconceptions maybe about where you go for money. It's so fun. uh, When we do our CCR conferences, we go out and ask the kids like, Hey, how much does college (laughs) cost? And they're like, Oh, $150 $150 million, you know, they, or some will be like $500. I just Quite have no, <laughs> no concept of how much college costs. And, and we ask them like, and how will you pay for college? And almost all of them say scholarships, you know, they've all heard of scholarships, but when I talk to them, but when we ask them about grants or mm-hmm. any of those kinds of things, they're like, well, we don't know what those are, FAFSA, some of those things. So this will be a good chance for us to get into the classroom and teach them some of the language and And then, of course, uh, for you guys, when you are helping them down the road, because, you know, a lot of it doesn't apply to them directly right now, but we always kind of approach it as uh, we're going to give you a preview of what's Mm -hmm. to come. And so so that their their ears maybe perk up a little bit in a few years when they hear it again, that Mm -hmm. they'll be like, oh, yeah, I learned about that in seventh grade. And and this is why it's important to pay attention. And so we're just going to talk about, you know, different places they can look, uh, what they will need to do kind of step by step. And then ways they can maybe save some money during college. And, you know, the, the number one thing we tell our students is that right now school is their job, you know, mm-hmm. they, and they don't necessarily make, a, make any money from this job. They don't bring home a paycheck. But at some point during their junior or senior year, they could get a pretty big paycheck yeah, for, for all sure. of the hard work that they've put into their job over these next five years because Schools are willing to pay quite a lot of money for students who are well-rounded, good Mm -hmm. students. They have their goals picked out and they know that they're going to be successful at their school. They will cover uh, a lot of the the costs Mm -hmm. of college. And so that's what we encourage them to think of this as kind of like you're, you might not be getting, you know, 20 bucks to go spend on a PC game, but you Mm -hmm. can earn 
some big bucks coming down the road. So we want them to be able to focus on that and just be kind of future focused. And then we also want them to know about the FAFSA, the, mm-hmm. the federal aid application for um, financial student aid. I think it's what it's called. <laughs> that's a, I, I that's think a test. Those acronyms oh. are tough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> FAFSA, we call it. But um, that's something that uh, usually a parent will take the lead on because they do it with their taxes. But but if you qualify for your family, you know, fits a certain criteria, then kids can receive uh, Pell Grants, which mm-hmm. cover m- the, m- the majority of the costs of college. Um, and the, Or they could qualify for low-interest uh, low federal loans, which is a great way to pay for college, too. Student loans, pers- private loans, probably the least mm-hmm. favorite way to pay for college. And you're hearing in the news right now about how student loan debt is just kind of killing a lot of people. It's overwhelming them. It's mm-hmm. making it so that they can't you know, have good credit or they can't buy homes. And so it's it's something that kids definitely need to be aware of For and, sure. and what the consequences might be down the road. And then um, and then the system's changing a little bit mm-hmm. too. So who knows what it will be like in five years know, when, the, when the kids in seventh grade right now are seniors. But um, but we're going to try to guide them every, every little step of the way. And, and the counselors in the middle school and the counselors in the high school are definitely well-prepared and mm-hmm. very competent to help you guys as you kind of travel this journey of how to get to college and how to pay for college, right? The other the other thing we talk a little bit about is, you know, saving for college mm-hmm. and, and earning money for college. Because a lot of kids will be like, I'll pay for college with my job. And we mm-hmm. go through the, the idea that you cannot really pay for a college <laughs> with a minimum wage part-time job, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, so there's got to be something else. You know, you got to have a scholarship or something else to pay for, it. and that's really how most people pay for a school is they they piece it together a little bit here and a little bit there, savings, job, scholarship, mm-hmm. Pell Grant, and they put it together that way. But, um, but the very best way, again, I just want to reiterate is that. They get through high school with good grades, mm-hmm. get those scholarships. I think that's probably the best way yeah. to do it. And it's all on them. You know, they have the complete power to do it. And so we just want to to support them every chance we can and make sure that they're getting everything that they need so that they can carry that goal all the way through high school. For sure. And and, and just like everything, continue to have those conversations at home. That mm-hmm. doesn't mean like... It, you know, every day, but you know, once every other, once every few months, have a conversation about college. Well, it's so important. It's interesting. My mom, when I was in school, uh, she just said, if you want college, you're, you're going to have to figure out a way because I can't afford it. I can't pay my, a single mom, you know, she worked Mm -hmm. full time, uh, just to put meals on the table. And so she, she was very blunt about it. She was just like, you, if you want to go to college, you've got to figure it out. You got to get good grades. You got to go. And so I felt that pressure all through high school, but, um, but she was right. It did. It paid for the majority of my college. And so I, I feel like those conversations with parents can really, uh, influence kids and Mm -hmm. help them kind of set their sights and start to work toward those goals if you have set them as a family. Totally. And, and yeah, we, we just want our students thinking of that and being prepared again. So much of that really hits the ground in middle school and ninth grade, but we having worked at a high school recently, many students can qualify for scholarships and Pell Grants that don't even Try. Try, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, there's there's private scholarships. Just, this is just an example from Dixie where I was the last four years. There, There's always a handful of scholarships that are like guaranteed to go to a Snow Canyon student or a Dixie student or whatever high school they're at. And, and at Dixie, there was one of those, and we had three kids apply. 
And it was a $500 scholarship, which isn't a ton compared to other scholarships out there. But it, but it was up. guaranteed to go yeah. to one Dixie kid, and only three kids applied. And, and that was so frustrating to me because, <laughs> it, yes, it was some busy work to get it done, but it, it really could pay off. I mean, you put a couple hours in, you get 500 bucks, you're getting paid $250 per hour. That's pretty amazing. So just kind of working with your student. and Because and, every year I was at the high school level, there were always – a couple of kids every senior class that cleaned up on scholarships because they put in the work, the busy work, you know, yeah. and it was never a guarantee. But they, you know, if a student applies to 20 private scholarships versus the average kid who does zero, you know, the one that applied to 20 is going to have a lot greater likelihood of getting a good college payday there. Yeah. And speaking of the busy work, I always tell my seventh graders, you know, to start now tracking the things that that yeah. people want to know about in scholarships sure. start. And they are, it's so nice now because they have a Google document that they can keep and they can access all the mm -hmm. way through high school. So if, even if they just got on and created a Google Doc that's like my accomplishments or my service or my scholarship, you know, bullet points or whatever they want to call it. But then as they go through middle school and high school, every time they do something that's noteworthy or that might be, you know, set them apart from something that someone else has done, just go in there and write the dates yeah. and who you, who you served with and what you did and why it's important. And then all that busy work is done oh because goodness. all you have to do is just cut and paste yeah. it into the different applications. And so I really encourage kids to start that soon, like right away. It's so much easier to keep track of as you go than to sit your senior year and go, oh my gosh, what was that thing I did in seventh grade? Or what was that thing that my my class did in this mm -hmm. time? You know, it's just so hard to remember. And so um, so that's a, that's a huge thing. And parents, you can do that for your kids too if you wanted to like help them start that file and just encourage them, hey, put this in your put this in your scholarship journal yeah. or whatever you want to call it and just keep track for a while. I love that you do that. As a high school counselor, we often had to write, you know, letters of recommendation or reference letters. And if a student had one of those, like a brag sheet, oh, it was yeah. a piece of cake to write one of those. Otherwise, often I didn't know the student and it was just kind of a generic letter I'd write, yeah. you know, yeah. so great advice. Yeah. So we just want to keep our eyes on the prize all the time. And, and as a, as a school counselors, a big part of our job is of course the college and career focus. And so we just want to help kids to have a clear path and to be clear on what they need to do so that when the time comes, they can take those steps and be successful with it. So we'll just keep doing that. We'll keep teaching the kids. I think after this, I'll have one more lesson in the CCA classes. And then of course, we'll continue our monthly lessons. So keep tuning in for us and uh, listening and, and helping us to make this connection that we have between home and school, because that is really where it's at. And we want the kids to know that they have a team of adults around them that are focused on the same goals, focused on the same ideas, and that we are here to help each other. Yeah, totally. Thank you again, as always, for listening. And, and please reach out to us, you know, if there's specific needs your student has, or if you just have thoughts or questions you'd like us to talk about on the podcast, that, that's always great. And we're always available to you. Thank you so much. And if you're one of the parents who are listening right now, please, please share this with your friends and your fellow uh, Loveridge parents, because we really do want the word to get out. And, and that's the best way that we can think of to do that is for you to say, hey, are you listening to the podcast that the counselors are doing? And, and if you find it useful, if you find it helpful, please share. And then like Mr. LD says, just reach out to us anytime. We are here for you and for your students. So thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. Thank you.